Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, what to watch out for in the final two preseason games, what to keep your eye on, three big things. It's all upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, everybody, and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves have yet another preseason game this evening this one at the Lakers the second time of course they play the Lakers now in the last six days this is another ESPN game too a uh, a 9 p.m central tip at LA and then a final preseason game at home the only one at Target Center this coming Friday against Brooklyn Uh, we'll talk a little bit about well really the focus of the show today is simply what to watch out for the final two preseason games we'll get to that get into that here first First of all, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, you can find this show anywhere you listen to podcasts, and it's absolutely free. You can watch on YouTube. You can listen on any of your favorite audio platforms. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Lockdown T Wolves, and also at B Beacon, with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N, and also a brand new way to watch slash listen to Lockdown Wolves part of the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both the Roku on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Not just Locked On Wolves, but all other Locked On Minnesota podcasts are now available on the app. More great local sports coverage 24/7. It's absolutely free. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on either Roku or Amazon Fire TV. I've actually got one of both. So, uh yeah, no matter where you are in the house, you get to watch Locked On Wolves via uh, your your favorite streaming device. Okay, um, let's talk about what to watch over the final couple of preseason games. And, and first, a, a minor, uh, not minor, a significant housekeeping note. Chris Finch uh, on Tuesday said that Towns, or excuse me, Rudy Gobert would not play on Wednesday. Of course, he didn't play Sunday either. So this gives him, it'll be about an eight or nine day rest in terms of game action. Um it, it, I don't believe Finch confirmed for sure that Towns would play, just that the two of them would not play together on Wednesday against the Lakers. So the first time it sounds like that we will see, and he said the plan is that Rudy will play Friday. So the first time we'll see Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns on the court together in in full game uniform, even if it's not a real game, it's a preseason game, right? But the first time that fans will see the two of them together on the floor will be this coming Friday against Brooklyn. That's a game that's locally televised in Valley Sports North. Um, so we have that to look forward to, but beyond simply the two of those guys playing together, because that's the most obvious one. That's what everybody in the NBA is waiting with bated breath to see that duo and how the wolves, how Chris Finch will orchestrate the Timberwolves offense with both Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, how Towns will guard fours, all the, all the questions we've been asking and answering, attempting to answer on this show for the past three plus months. That's not, you know, one of those three. However, the first one is the trickle-down effect of the Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns pairing. And again, the first time we'll see that will be Friday, not not Wednesday's game. Um, but, but first and foremost, 
What does that do to Nas Reed's minutes? Uh, I, I mean, I said most of the offseason, I didn't think Nas would have much of a role on this team. I thought he would be maybe five minutes a game, maybe six, seven minutes a game, depending on the night. Some nights just simply not playing at all. But he's been the starting power forward through three preseason games and has been really good. He was fantastic. I think he had 20 and 11 in the win on Sunday against the Clippers and playing pretty much mostly power forward. He he played a little center, you know, when, when the Wolves staggered. First, he and Rudy in the first couple of preseason games, then he and, and Nas reading Carl Anthony Towns this last time out. So perhaps we see more of that, uh, certainly on on Wednesday with no Rudy Gobert. So I'd expect Nas to start at the four and be the backup center. But what happens on, on Friday night against the Nets in the preseason finale when Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert are in the starting lineup together? Does Nas Reed see any minutes as the backup center? Now, he will this Friday because it's the preseason, but... I think what'll be more telling is what does the first half look like? Maybe what does the first, you know, uh, two and a half quarters look like midway through the third quarter when, like we saw on Sunday, both the Wolves and the Clippers started to kind of, you know, mix in some of the younger players. And when you would normally see a starter or a star player rotate back into the game in the fourth quarter, that didn't happen. So preseason finale, who knows? Maybe these coaches, maybe they will want to see their regular crunch time lineups on the floor in a crunch time situation, albeit preseason. But the bigger thing is in the first half of this game, is it Towns and Gobert together and then say a Gobert rest with Towns moving to the five and then a Towns rest with Gobert and at the five and then Towns comes back and they finish the half together with no Nasrud at all. Is that what we're going to see? And again, the final preseason game isn't necessarily indicative of what Chris Finch will decide to do on opening night next week. But it gives us a pretty good indicator. So pay attention to that on, on Friday. And not just Nas, but the trickle-down effect beyond Nas Reed. Kyle Anderson, what's his role? Um, I, I've kind of figured he's basically a de facto sixth man. He's kind of the the everything Jalen Noel is not version of a sixth man, right? Jalen Noel is your scorer sixth man. He's your Jamal Crawford style. Not the same player, although both from, uh, both from the Pacific Northwest. But that type of a, you know, or go, go back way, you know, Back in the day, Troy Hudson with the Timberwolves, you know, any number of microwave type scorers off the bench. Um, that's Jalen Noel's role. Kyle Anderson is everything else. He's a Swiss Army knife, as Chris Finch has said multiple times in the media. He's somebody who's a plus defender, both helping on the ball. He's a good rebounder for his position. He can initiate offense. He can be just a straight role player on offense. So um, what does his role look like? If the backup four is, I think either way, no matter what, I think Kyle Anderson is the primary backup four, but is it possible that he loses some minutes to Nas Reed or does he shift to the three at times? And maybe it's Torian Prince as part of the trickle down effect. Maybe Torian Prince loses some minutes. Maybe Jalen Noel loses, loses some minutes. Maybe Anthony Edwards loses a couple of minutes here and there. I think that's pretty unlikely, but um, I think it'll be interesting to see how Coach Finch on Friday, presumably with a healthy lineup, acclimates, you know, those, those minutes, um, for Nas Reed, um, acclimates is not the right word there, I guess applies those minutes. And then how Nas acclimates to, I was trying to combine two thoughts into one sentence, how Nas acclimates to a different set of teammates that he's on the floor with, right? Throughout the preseason, he's been playing pretty much with starters and a couple top line reserves. But if he becomes somebody who's going to see minutes at both the backup four and the backup five, he has to be acclimated with playing with, obviously we know he has chemistry with Joe McLaughlin, but some of the other guys who are going to see second unit minutes for this team. So the trickle-down effect 
of Rudy and Cat playing together. We'll start to see that on Friday. Again, preseason, so it'll be a little wonky, but hopefully the first half will be similar to what we can expect to see moving forward. All right, two additional questions to talk about regarding what to watch for over the final couple of preseason games. Um, so we're going to do that here next. First, though, let's talk about our title sponsors of the show today, and that is, of course, our friends over at Prize Picks. Tonight, Wednesday night, I just may take Carl Anthony Towns to score the over in terms of points. Maybe I'll take D'Angelo Russell assists over um, and see where they play in the Lakers. Who knows who's playing for the Lakers? Um, so I don't know. If I had to pick a third, maybe it's, maybe it's Jalen Newell threes over. Why not, right? Um, Price picks is fantastic. It's super easy to use. It's the best way to play... Uh, to, to, to I, I guess, have another screen, be engaged with the games that are happening. And yet you're not playing against professional, you know, people that, people that do something like this for a living, right? You're playing against the projections. It, it's completely fair in that regard, right? Because you're not, you're not going against uh, somebody with a computer program that has hundreds of thousands of entries. Uh, but it, it's super easy to play. It's fair. It's a lot of fun. And and if you're wondering how it works, I'll explain it. It's really simple. You pick two to five players. If they'll score more or less than their projection, so it could be points, rebounds, assists, steals, etc. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry and you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the available projections. Prize Picks offers projections in any sport that you watch. You can even cross-match sports. So say on Sunday, once the regular season starts, you want to go... Timberwolves, Towns over points, Kirk Cousins over passing touchdowns. You could do that. That includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, pretty much all college sports, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, pretty much anything you can think of. It's there at Prize Picks. Entries can be made in just 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals as well. Currently, Prize Picks is operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, the second thing to look out for here in the final couple of preseason games is who's initiating offense for the Wolves. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell is the starting point guard. Obviously, he is fantastic in the pick and roll. He's going to be the one bringing the ball up the court, you know, more often than not at the start of games. But over the course of the game, as D'Lo, you know, plays less because it's the preseason and outside of Jordan McLaughlin, like especially in the preseason, and, and this is why it's key to watch this in the next couple of games. So the last thing, you know, the, the, the trickle down of Rudy and Cat together, this Friday, only really half the game might be applicable if, if teams aren't playing guys for the full 48, aren't playing rotation guys for the full 48. So that's more of a long-term thing, right? That's even beyond, beyond this, uh, you know, these final two preseason games. But this next question, who initiates offense, I think is actually 
more interesting to watch in the preseason because Delo's not going to play 32 minutes and Jordan McLaughlin, you know, he may play a regular dose of minutes, but say Delo's playing 24, McLaughlin's playing 14 or 16. That still leaves you with 10 to 12 minutes to play with, eight to 12 minutes to play with. So who's initiating offense? We've seen at different times, Kyle Anderson do a lot of it. Austin Rivers did it in crunch time of the win on Sunday against the Clippers. Um, Wendell Moore Jr. did a little uh, did a little bit of initiation late in games. So I think it's really fascinating that those are the guys getting the opportunity. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think Jalen Noel, again, you know, will get some more opportunities as the season wears on. Perhaps there is a need for a third point guard because do you really want to be in this in a spot? And, and I guess a longer term injury would force the Timberwolves hand to at least be a little bit more creative anyway. But God forbid D'Lo or Jordan McLaughlin has an injury. Now you're down to zero backup point guards. Now they weathered the storm a little bit last year because they clearly did not trust McKinley Wright, who was a two-way player and the de facto third point guard. He appeared in five games and they were all garbage time, either plus or minus garbage time. Um, But when McLaughlin was out with uh, injury, then he was out with COVID and D'Angelo Russell was out with injury. They didn't bring up another point guard. They just kind of redistributed who's who's initiating. We saw a little more Carl Anthony Towns initiation. I think we'll see even more of that this season um, as Chris Finch messes with his rotations. But who is it that's initiating offense outside of a D'Angelo Russell pick and roll, outside of a D'Angelo Russell pull-up? Um, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how that all works out. Uh, the last one is to keep an eye on is actually similar to my key takeaway from from the first the last couple of games of the preseason. The Timberwolves' offensive actions, you know, what play sets are they in, and what are the actions they're running out of them? What's Chris Finch up to, and specifically, how is Carl Anthony Towns being used? What shots is he taking? We saw him take six three pointers in like twenty two or twenty three or twenty four minutes on Sunday, and I talked about this at length in the post game pod that posted early Monday. Towns' three-point rate went down last season. It's been going down for the last couple of years. And it's funny because his low post touches aren't necessarily going up. It's just he's initiating more often in the mid-post, high post. Uh, and he just wasn't all that comfortable. You know, he at times didn't look all that comfortable doing it last season. And um, I think Finch will will give him the opportunity to do some different things this year. And also with Rudy Gobert, they're going to run a lot more pick and roll, which means Cat's probably just hanging out on the perimeter. The best shooting big man of all time, a 41% three-point shooter last season, is going to be mostly open for a, a three-point attempt after a Rudy and D'Lo pick and roll. Defenses are truly picking their poison. Of course, if Rudy darts to the rim, he's fantastic there as well. You still got Anthony Edwards, who I mean, we haven't talked about yet. Um, and Jade McDaniels. So I think it's really interesting. The most interesting thing is how is Towns being used? What shots is he taking? Is he not getting a touch for a few possessions and then settling for a bad shot? To be clear, that hasn't happened yet this year. Um, but that's something I could I could foresee being an issue. I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch Carl Anthony Towns get you know, more opportunities. I think still as kind of the fulcrum of the offense, being in that mid post, I, th- I think we'll still see a lot of that. Um, but a little more off the ball, a little more, you know, in the, in the flow of the offense, but also as called plays, I think we'll see towns getting the ball a bit more on the perimeter by design, uh, you know, after D'Lo Rudy, I mean, Rudy's the best screener in the league and he's going to just, uh, you know, 
all of a sudden there's going to be this much additional space on the floor and this much more. We talked about this on the show yesterday on, on, on Tuesday, roll gravity, right? Rudy sucking defenders towards the rim. And that's going to leave Carl Anthony Towns wide open on the perimeter for a three or for a pump fake and drive, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever pops into Cat's mind, which could be anything and sometimes kind of scary when he gets the ball on the perimeter. But the upside is so high and he's gotten so much better on the perimeter. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch these guys play together on offense. Okay. Um, one last thing to close the show. There is a Bleacher Report list that's currently in the process of being released, which is the top 100, their own top 100 players, but not as of today, as of the end of this upcoming season. So projecting at the end of the season, when you look back and say, oh, who are the top 100 players? That's that's the answer is is this list. Um, and they, they're they not releasing the full list yet, but as of now, they're releasing it by position. So the Timberwolves, of course, have one guard listed in the top 25 We're going to get to that here next. All right, this new Bleacher Report list, um, I'll, I'll read kind of the criteria here real quickly. Uh, top 25 guards for the 22-23 season. And again, these are where players would finish, not necessarily where they stand now at game one of the regular season, but they pulled all of their best basketball minds. I'm doing air quotes if you're not watching it on YouTube. What they call their best basketball minds to rank their top 200 players. Participants use their own criteria in determining the order, but everyone was asked to consider where players would finish this season. They did uh, guards, wings, and bigs. 100 players in order. They have three major positions, again, guards, wings, and bigs, with 25 players. So I was expecting Ant. I actually thought he had a shot at cracking the top 10. And remember, I mean, if you crack the top 10 in guards, I mean, you're an all-star, right? Um, But we're also projecting ahead. What is that? Five months, six months from now? Uh, Yeah, six-ish months from now to the end of the regular season. So I, I was really intrigued by this. Um, real quick, I'll hit the the players behind him. Cade Cunningham and Ben Simmons tied for 24. Ben Simmons, I mean, obviously he's higher than that if he's healthy and on the floor and contributes, um, then he's, he's going to be in the top 10 range. But right now tied for 24th because nobody's seen him on the floor in a while. Darren Fox at 23, which is, I don't disagree with that. It's lower than I thought he would be on this list. CJ McCollum, 22. Clay Thompson, 21. Fred Van Vliet, 20, Darius Garland, 19, Jamal Murray, 18. Obviously, Murray would be much higher if it weren't for the injury, and he's another case of somebody we just haven't seen on the floor. DeJounte Murray, a new member of the Atlanta Atlanta Hawks, excuse me, at number 17. Drew Holiday at 16. We're getting closer. Shea Gilgis Alexander at 15. LaMelo Ball at 14, who, of course, was Anthony Edwards' Um I was going to say arch nemesis, but that doesn't really make sense. He was the uh, the player who went right after Ant in that draft and then won Rookie of the Year. Ant missed out. This last year, he made his first All-Star team. Ball did. Ant missed out. From the same draft, he's ranked lower than Anthony Edwards on this list. Chris Paul at 13. Zach Levine, former Timberwolf old friend Zach Levine at number 12. And then we arrive at Anthony Edwards at number 11. 
And uh, the article says Anthony Edwards had the look of a two guard ready to take the league by storm during the postseason last year. In the in the tradition of greats like Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade before him, Edwards took the reins of his team's playoff run from his all-star big man teammate with 25.2 points per game. If he rides that momentum into 22-23, the Timberwolves are going to push for home court advantage in the 23 playoffs. I agree with that assessment, as broad as it was. I think that 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 the the home court range, and I'm, I'll make my official win total projection and standings projection next week. But I think it's entirely in play for the Wolves to be in the home court conversation come playoff time. And Anthony Edwards ranking 11th makes a lot of sense too. That's all star. It's nearly all NBA, right? All NBA by definition. There's three teams of two guards each, so that's six players in all NBA. But you also could argue, I guess, this year Ant's going to play a lot more at the two than he did last year, but. Um, at any rate, it's all-star level. The players ahead of him, Bradley Beal at 10. I don't know about that. Kyrie Irving at nine. Not sure about that one. Donovan Mitchell at eight. I can buy it, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was everybody's good by the end of the season. James Harden, seven. Dame at six. Devin Booker, five. Trey Young at four. John Morant at three, which seems a bit high to me. Uh, for all those reasons, I've been talking about it quite a bit on the show the last week. Just nothing against Jaws. It's just come up a lot, and I'm calling it like I see it, Steph Curry at two and Luka Doncic at one. So fascinating list. Really interesting to see, um, of course, how things shake out and just how high everybody's opinion is of Anthony Edwards as we get this season rolling. Um, That's all we have for you today. We'll, of course, do a post-game pod following the Wolves-Lakers game on Wednesday. It likely won't post until early on Thursday. Should have a new podcast space. Uh, If you watch on YouTube, it'll look a little different not where it ultimately will look, but yeah, the correct location. So that'll be Thursday show post early Thursday with the post game. It'll be post game from Wednesday. Um, and uh, we'll have a show on Friday as well. Of course, we're daily Monday through Friday right now. A big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. And a reminder that you can listen anywhere. It's free and available anywhere you get podcasts, including YouTube. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's. C-K-E-N, a reminder about the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Lockdown Wolves plus all other Lockdown Minnesota podcasts are now available on the app. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and it's absolutely free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku or Amazon Fire TV. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your local experts on all the biggest stories. A reminder about the ongoing season preview series. You can make it your second listen. It's called the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022, a six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders, the Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey all combine into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.